This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. I'm actually talking to someone today. I'm talking to Jen Babakan. Um, so Jen, thank you for coming on my Facebook Live today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to uh, to be here. Yeah, so I think I first ran into you, Jen, through Hope Writers. You're in Hope Writers, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, so I'm so thankful that I discovered Hope Writers because it's been like this wonderful just encouragement and inspiration in my writing journey. Just this kind of a, it's it's not technically a Christian group, I don't think, but like there's a lot of Christian writers in it. And um, it's just been such a great community of resources and support. And so I think that's where I first ran into you. And then your book actually was very applicable to my life because in the middle of you know, being in Hope Writers, I ended up going from working full time to staying home and then being sort of part time working for myself. It's like a mixture of all those things. Um, so I want to talk with you about your book today, um, about your story behind why you wrote it and what's been going on. But I also thought it's so applicable to right now because so many moms right now are being forced to stay home, whether they want to or not. Uh, so you were really the first person that came to mind when I was thinking about who to interview. So, um, tell us a little bit about you and your family, and then I will ask you some other questions. I love that. Thanks so much. So, yeah, so I am a, a stay at home mom. I'm also a hope writer and I have two little boys that are five and eight, almost nine now, um, have been married for 12 years. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, prior to being a stay at home mom, I was a teacher, a third grade teacher, and I absolutely loved my life um, as a teacher. But, you know, as I um, decided to grow my family, some unexpected things happened. My uh, firstborn ended up having a super severe um, dairy sensitivity um, and it caused some internal bleeding. And so um, I knew as soon as I had them, I didn't want to go back to work, but I still thought that it was a possibility that I, you know, that I might get to go back. But once his issues started happening, I knew that God was calling me to be home. And uh, needless to say, that was a huge transition. And what ultimately led to me writing Detoured because I just thought, you know, I'm having all of these unexpected emotions with this transition. Um, and I thought I can't be the only one that feels like this when, when you give up a career to be home with your kids. So tell me the full title of the book. It is Detoured, The Messy, Grace-Filled Journey from Working Professional to Stay-at-Home Mom. And so when in the journey, like how mm -hmm. far into staying home did you think, maybe I have a book here? Oh, it wasn't uh, about until about two and a half years into it. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, I, I went through, you know, this, this huge transition and transformation that I feel like God just kind of took me through and um, started to get back into writing again. You know, prior to having kids, I had a blog. Um, I've always loved to write. It's always been something I've loved to do. And, um, and so ultimately the book actually came out of me writing um, my kids' birth stories down. I wanted to have this, you know, this record of their births that nobody else would, would, you know, know. And, um, 
as I started writing, you know, at night, literally in the notes app of my phone, I realized, you know, I'd be nursing a baby and, and you know, typing away at two o'clock in the morning. I realized that so much more was coming out than just simply the story of, of um, my youngest birth. It was, you know, this, this whole journey that God had taken me on. Um, and so I just, I felt like it, it could be really applicable to others. And you had it, was it traditionally published, right? Yes, with Harvest okay. House. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you had to go through that process of writing a full book proposal and like really thinking through like, how am I going to market this thing? Um, so did you think initially that it was going to be a traditionally published book or were you, was that kind of like a pie in the sky dream? You know, it was a little bit of both. You know, I told my husband at the time, you know, well, he's still my husband, <laughs> but yeah. at the time I told my husband, <laughs> yeah, I got, I'm like, let's switch that around. I told him, you know, I think I want to write a book. And, you know, his response was like, yeah, do it, you know, and, and I just thought, you know, I just need to get it out of me. I felt like everything that I wanted to say, I just had to get it out. And I, I, whether there was a place for it in the market or not, I felt like I just had to write it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I definitely hoped that it would find a wider audience because I felt like, um, you know, just the things that God had taught me would be would be um, helpful to others. And I felt that he had placed that desire to write a book on my heart. And so I really just kind of gave it to him. Like, okay, if I'm going to write this, you're going to have to be responsible for getting it out there because I can't do this on my own. Um, I have a really small platform, all of those things. And um, and even though I, I write for Reader's Digest, and so I had that as, as freelance work that I was doing, but that's not necessarily conducive to, you know, marketing a book. So mm -hmm. um, so I just hoped that, that it would go somewhere, but at the time it did feel like just a huge dream. Well, you know, it's you have such a very specific audience, which I think is such to your benefit because so many books out there is like, oh, are you a mom of a toddler? Well, that's pretty common. Like, oh, are you a mom? Well, that's even more common. <laughs> yeah. And you, but you've got this really specific woman in mind, like this person who was working full time that mm -hmm. has now been staying home. And so that's not everybody. And in a, and that means that like you actually had a better market um, for your book. Um, talk about what are some of sort of the overarching themes and that you touched on in the book? So I would say one of the very main themes that I touched on is just that your worth is not your work because I didn't realize how much my identity was really entangled in my career until it was gone. Um, mm -hmm. And so once, you know, that whole idea of feeling a sense of achievement every day or feeling that I was using my college education, um, you know, I felt like I, I was being of service and helpful to a wide range of people on a daily basis. And when that all fell away and it was literally just me on the couch with a baby day in and day out, um, I realized that, you know, that I had completely misplaced my sense of identity and my sense of worth. And so that is kind of a main thread that runs through the book is that, you know, regardless of, of what you do, it doesn't change who you are ultimately. Um, you know, loneliness is a big topic um, that I touch on because uh, the isolation that comes with being a stay-at-home mom um, can be really kind of soul-crushing. And it's something that not a lot of people talk about um, because, you know, what I was getting faced with too, you know, I would hear from so many people, you know, you're so lucky, you're so blessed to be at home. So then there's this sense of shame that comes on top right. of that, of why am I not feeling 100% blessed or 100% just overjoyed um, every minute of every day to be getting to do this because so many women would love to be in my position. Um, and so those types of things, you know, isolation, shame, um, identity, 
you know, cultivating friendships and maybe um, untraditional or unorthodox ways um, are all things that I kind of that I touch on and, um, you know, how to kind of overcome those things uh, to, to still feel completely content and fulfilled in this new life that you're living. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that you talk about is like the conflicting feeling of actually wanting to keep working but feeling like you should stay home. And I know you're not supposed to use the word should for anything. <laughs> I've heard right, that yes. therapy. I hear it on like, I don't know, I was listening to a podcast today and they're like, don't say should, but we we have that feeling. And I've had that feeling. I mean, I, I kind of wrestled with it for a couple of years. Like when my kids were, well, my kids are little, they're four and two, but, but when they were first born and they were in full-time daycare, like I was constantly struggling with like, I enjoy my job, but I want to stay home, but I don't know what to do. So how do you or how did you personally wrestle through that and ultimately make the decision? So uh, you mean, how did I make the decision to stay home or? Yeah. And how do you, I guess, if you have any encouragement for people that are maybe in that point right now mm -hmm. where they're like, I want to stay home, but I want to work, but I don't know what to do. You know, they feel very conflicted. Right. Right. So I ultimately made the decision to stay home when I realized that, um, it was, you know, a strong calling that I felt God was really, you know, placing upon my heart. Like you are to be home for this period of time. Um, and that's not to say that I didn't wrestle with it and I didn't go round and round with God about it because I looked for every loophole that I could possibly find to, to be able to, uh, work through that. Um, and so to the, to the woman that is struggling with that decision and feeling really torn, because that's ultimately what it is. You know, I looked at part-time working options. I looked at all these different options of, of how can I make this work? And ultimately it comes down to, you know, what you feel is best for your family and your heart. You know, we are not all meant to be stay at home moms. Um, you know, it's okay to have something that you enjoy and something that you feel, um, you know, lights up your, your life. Um, and with something that you feel called to do, it's okay and it's not selfish. I think that's something that I really battled with was feeling really selfish for wanting more. Um, and so what I encourage moms to do now is if you are um, in a place where you are at home and you are feeling selfish for wanting to work, you know, to kind of brush that off and, and realize that it's okay to have something just for yourself. So for me, that looked like freelance writing. For me, that looked like, you know, kind of starting a little side hustle on the side where it was something that was just mine and it was only mine. And I talk about that in the book, how, you know, even buying myself a desk felt like this huge, like momentous occasion because I was committing to this act of, of, um, of writing and pursuing writing. And so, um, you know, that's going to look different for everybody, but it's not selfish to want something for yourself. And I would even venture to say it makes you a better mom if you do have something for yourself, because our kids need to see that it's okay to follow their own passions and chase their own dreams um, because they're learning from us. They're seeing and, and nobody, nobody wants a martyr as a mom, right? You know, mm -hmm. we don't want that that typical, you know, um, if anybody's watched, like everybody loves Raymond, nobody wants that mom that's always like, you know, I've given up everything for you, that sort of thing. You definitely want to keep your sense of self and, um, and have something that that makes you enjoy, you know, every day that's outside of your kids. It's a lot of pressure to put on your kids to have them be the only thing that you enjoy in life. Yeah, I saw that you had a free download on your website about how to write a book. Um, when you're staying home with your kids, which I yeah. actually immediately downloaded. <laughs> I love because it. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my second book and I have no idea what's happening with it, but I'm 
of getting there. So um, that's something that I'm going to have to do. And so I wanted to get some of those tips that you had. So tell us, give us a sneak peek at some of those things that, that helped you. So what helped me, and of course, you know, I am not an expert. I've only written one one book thus far, but <laughs> what I can tell you is it's okay if it looks really piecemealed and really crazy. So for me, I had just like a Mead notebook that I carried around the house with me. Um, so, you know, if the kids were in the bath and I obviously had to be in there with them, you know, I would have my notebook and jotting different ideas for either like chapter outlines or ideas that would just come to me. You know, while I'm cooking dinner, I'd have that notebook and run over and scribble something down and then go back to the ground beef, right? So it, it happens uh, a lot in just those in-between times because you're not always going to have hours and hours to sit down and, and uh, you know, crank out a book. And so, and sometimes I think it's better that way because it gives your brain kind of time to marinate on it and kind of, I don't know, the way I write, half of it's written in my head before I ever get it down. And so I'll just kind of keep replaying how I want to start a paragraph or something in my head. And so um, so I think taking those little moments that are unexpected, you know, even like I said, this book began on the notes app of my phone, you know, while I was nursing, you know, all throughout the night. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to um, record those ideas down in, in non-traditional ways. There's no, um, there's no way that it has to look. I mean, before I wrote Detoured, I really did think I would probably have to go rent a cabin in the woods, you know, to be considered a real writer that right. was serious about the craft and all of that. But and talk about pressure if you actually did that. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, if I don't like write half this book this week, I have yes. no nothing. And that's when writer's block <laughs> is going to hit because anytime yes. I have to like sit down and do something, it'll take me, you know, an hour just to get into the the thing where I'm just throwing out full paragraphs because I'm like, oh, that's that's not going to work or whatever. So. Um, so I would say just let it look however it's going to look and take whatever time and opportunity that you have. It's not that it's not a sacrifice because there were several times in the writing of this that my husband would take the kids out for the day. And that's that was my big chunk writing time. I would take those five or six hours and just hammer it out. And I had to kind of give up the desire for it to be perfect and just write whatever I could write and then know and give myself the permission. Okay, you can go back and edit this later. Right now, just like word vomit all over the page and yeah. then and then do the rest later. So it's going to look really messy. It just is, you know, um, but it doesn't mean it's not worth doing. So my question is, how did you take all those notes and like writing in the cracks uh, and put them together? Because that's sort of a place that I'm at right now. I'm you know very disorganized. So how do you put it all together and make sense of it? So I, you know, like I said, I have this huge, I have one sitting next to me right now. I live with notebooks. Like I just have stacks of notebooks. <laughs> Not a bad thing. Um, yeah, I just have stacks of notebooks. Um, but I would take it and if I, I would look at all of the different um, ideas that I had recorded in the last like week or two or whatever. And I would try to see if there was like a common theme that I could trace throughout them. So, um, you know, it, it was more like, bullet points of things that I knew I wanted to touch on. And so then I would look at the bullet points and I would think, okay, how could I combine this? Um, like what chapter would this best fit in? Is this more of talking about loneliness? Is this more talking about um, the reality of being home, the monotony of being home? Um, and so I really kind of tried to categorize it that way. And then when I did have those times to sit down, I would look at those bullet points and then I would just start writing. And I would just make sure that I was hitting those bullet points as I was going through. And that's not to say that, um, you know, uh, before I turned in the manuscript, obviously, and before I even 
um, put together a proposal with like my, my uh, three sample chapters and everything, I reworked those to make sure that they, that the paragraphs all flowed together because, you know, it was pretty fragmented when I first had it there. And then when I went back and reread it, I would, I would see, okay, well, this paragraph looks like, you know, it actually needs a lead into the next. And how, how could I bridge that between the two? You know, so it was just kind of a lot of like, it's kind of like putting together a puzzle. Um, mm -hmm. But I had to give myself the freedom that it was going to look really bad <laughs> to yeah. begin with. And like the great thing, obviously, about traditional publishing is that they give you an editor. Yes. <laughs> Which is yeah. a godsend because I know that I looked into getting my book edited before I got a book deal and it was just too expensive. There's no way I couldn't yeah. have done it. And so that's the one downside of, of I guess, self-publishing is you don't have that opportunity to really get a good editor in there. So that, that means a lot. Um, so obviously now we're in sort of... Um, a lot of moms are staying home, but we don't have some of those options about getting out and like joining a mops group and all that stuff. So, but I'm sure that you have a lot of ideas and suggestions about stuff to do at home because a lot of times we do have to stay at home, especially if you have really little ones, we have nap time. You got to right. have nap time. Like I yeah. got to be home every day by 1230 um, so that my little one can get in a two to three hour nap. Like I'm not missing out on that. So um, but instead of just nap time, now we have like all day. So what are some of the ideas that you're putting out there now for moms that are all of a sudden at home and spending a lot more time with their kids than they previously were? This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So... Whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Yeah. So, you know, even though our, um, our options have kind of gotten a little bit smaller, the advice is still the same. You still have to have things that you're doing for yourself every single day. It's not selfish. Um, you have to do it. It's a necessity. It's totally that whole, um, you know, thing of putting on the oxygen mask on yourself before you do it for your kids, because if you're not running at full capacity, then, uh, then they won't be either. And so, um, you know, just here recently, I have had a, a treadmill and an ellipt elliptical in our playroom for I can't tell you how long. And now I am on those things every single day without fail. And I know working out is like the last thing we want to do. But honestly, it gets out so much of that tension and that stress that we're all holding so tightly. So even if it's if it's a you know yoga video or something that you watch, even if it's something that you do with your kids, because my kids love workout videos and we love like the dance videos on YouTube or whatever, um, that's something that feels like I don't know that you're you're doing something a little more 
adult-esque than just, you know, heating up chicken nuggets all day. Um, <laughs> you know, also on Facebook, I have a mom's group. We've been together since um, our first kids were born in 2011. Um, and we span the whole nation. And so that has been really integral in sanity of just checking in with other moms that are in the same scenario. So finding a group of women online that you can relate to that are in the same boat. Um, you know, I know they're saying, you know, still take walks, still get outside. I think that's vital. That's super important um, to, to get that fresh air. I mean, I don't think I've realized how healing fresh air is until all of this has happened. I'm like, no, we have to you have to be outside and yeah. a little bit. Um, so all of those things, you know, taking the time to make yourself a cup of tea, um, take taking 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is to sit down and read a book. Um, I know we always say like, we don't have time for these things, but I don't know. I've always found that, you know, the longer I push it off and then when I finally sit down and I finally do it, I'm like, oh, this is so good. This is so relaxing. This is just what I needed. And so ignore the dishes in the sink. Those aren't going anywhere. You know, the laundry isn't going anywhere and it looks like we're going to be in this for the long haul. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so take the time to do things that are filling you up every day that give you just kind of like that deep, that, that ability to take a deep breath and, and then go back into it because, you know, a refreshed mom is, is a good mom, you know, and, and, and that's what you need. And when do you do that most of the time? Are you, do you get up early or are you doing it during nap time? See, okay, so my kids don't nap anymore. Unfortunately, this is like the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> so they both, sad when that happens. It, oh, they both gave it up, I swear, like the day they turned three. And I was yeah, like, why? Why is this happening right now? Exactly. Um, and so for me, for me, it looks like I sit down with my breakfast and my coffee every single morning. Um, I try to fit in like Bible time or I'll read a little bit of a book that I'm finding helpful. Um, and so I look for times when my kids are, um, kind of entertained on their own, you know? So if they're doing something, instead of me placing guilt on myself for why am I not playing with them? Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing that? I realize that, okay, you've been working hard all day doing everything. It's okay to take this time for myself. And I think that's kind of the biggest struggle that we all face is that inner voice or that sense of guilt of like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this right now. There's so much other things that I could be doing, but, um, but it's so important. It's so important. So even if that looks like, okay, they're going to color for a little bit. And while they color, I'm reading a book or, you know, they're, they're entertained even with, dare I say, a video game or they're <laughs> on their iPad. Cartoons. I know, you know, they're doing something, you know, with a screen, heaven forbid. That's the time that I'm going to take for myself to do something that's going to ultimately give me the mileage to last the rest of the day. Right. Um, Oh, wait, I just lost my train of thought. I had a question and it just escaped me. Oh, I was going to ask, what are your thoughts on, because I don't know about you, but I've just been absolutely bombarded with people sending me, here's what to do with your kids. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like activities and lessons and Facebook lives with drawing and da, 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 da. And I feel a little overwhelmed by all the things being thrown at me. Okay. Um, what, <laughs> what, do you, what should we be making of all of this? Just pick and choose or, or how have you been handling it? I think it's whatever works for your family. You know, I've been at the stay at home mom thing for eight and a half years now. And so I've been telling my husband, I'm like, life hasn't really changed for us. I homeschool too. So I'm like, we just keep going the way that we've kind of always gone. But, you know, I think that it, you know, you have to be kind of um, careful not to put even more pressure on yourself to to do all of these activities because it's not going to make it enjoyable for anyone. And so, 
you know, for us, that's looked like, you know, somebody has been sending out these links with like, um, all the different like live animal cams from like the zoos and all of that. So we've been taking time in the morning to go check in with the zoo animals and see what they're doing, what they're having for breakfast. And we have a conversation about them and that sort of thing. Or, um, you know, I, I, I put together one of those lists of, you know, keeping your kids busy during this time. And, and mainly what was on that list was like, you know, whatever they're typically playing, like, let's just, just let them play. Like I'm a kid of the eighties, a child of the eighties. So I, my parents weren't trying to schedule every minute of my life. Um, yeah. Not only was was I that, but I was an only child until I was almost 11. So I found a lot of ways to like entertain myself. And so when I see that my kids are interested in something, like lately they've, they've been loving like kinetic sand and that sort of thing. I'm just like, then buy more kinetic sand, like whatever it is that they're interested in, let them just do that. Um, I also think it's great to give them um, you know, the free range to have some more responsibility. So if they're wanting to make their own lunch or if they're wanting to, um, you know, help with laundry or do whatever, I think, you know, I just think we just have to take the pressure off of ourselves because more activities don't necessarily mean that our kids are going to be more well-rounded or um, even more entertained. I think that, that boredom is not such a bad thing. <laughs> In yeah, summary. and I have found, and I am totally uh, not a mom that is against TV. When, so let me preface this by mm. saying that. But sometimes I find that I'm very quick to want to turn on the TV just to like, like make it stop for a second. <laughs> but what I've been finding is that sometimes if I just give it a little time and mm -hmm. let them kind of wander around for a second. Like the next thing I know they will be in the playroom just kind of playing. And that's yes. the moment where I'm going, Oh my gosh, like they're playing. Like I might've turned on the cartoon instead of like letting them have just a moment to like think and like find, yes. you know, sit in the boredom and then start imagining and playing. And so sometimes that can be harder, but it can take um, just a few minutes. And then the other thing is, you know, so many times I think parents, myself included, like are just so quick to say like, oh, don't do that. Like, don't take all the things off my bed. Or, you know, my son loves to take every blanket and pillow in the house yes. and like make a fort. And mm -hmm. even though that's difficult to put back, I, I've been trying to remind myself like that's fueling his imagination. Like that is right. creative play. Like, and so, yes, I have to put all the pillows back on the couch every single night. And that's really annoying. But at the same time, it keeps him occupied. It keeps him like imagining and playing. And so just trying to recognize that inconvenience, a little inconvenience is actually worth giving them that, that time to play, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my kids, some of the things that they come up to play, you know, they come up with to play. I'm like, I never would have thought that in a million years, but they're so creative naturally. And, and so it's the same thing. I mean, I struggle with like, oh, could we not, can we not do that right now? Or could we, you know, yeah. but when I just think, okay, it, it's all like, you know, costs and benefits, right? So like, if this is going to buy me however much time to do something <laughs> I need to do, then it's worth the cleanup time. Like I'm willing right. to go ahead and say, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take the hit for it and, and we'll do it later. Yeah, I am. Uh, so my, my daughter, her favorite thing right lately is painting her feet with watercolors. Oh. Um, so you know what <laughs> we, our playroom is like a, just a mess. Like we don't like the carpet is going to have to be replaced anyway. So anyway, I've just been letting her like sort of do that and like draw on herself and stuff. And some people would never let their kids do that. And like, I put it on Instagram people were like, that would give me a heart attack. And I'm just like, 
really doesn't it. bother me. Like she's yeah. in, she's engaged. She likes it. It's like creative. So I'm just going to like let it be. And they're going to be the kids with marker on their arms and paint on their feet. And that is how it rolls in our house. So I'm just going to let it be. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, because I think back to my childhood and it's like, I, I had freedom to like go outside and play. And I was always out in the dirt and I was doing, I mean, it was just totally unstructured, you know? Um, I just think structure is killing our kids somewhat, mm -hmm. you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't think they're meant to have, you know, every minute of their day accounted for. And, um, that doesn't mean engage your kid, not to engage your kids or not to, to lead them through a fun activity or whatever. But I just think moms need to just take the pressure off of themselves and just say, Hey, if they're enjoying it, then let them enjoy it because they're learning through everything. There's not yeah. anything that a child is not learning through. And sometimes we love that and sometimes we don't like that. But um, but it, ultimately, it's it's all going to be okay. <laughs> and you have another download. You mentioned it. It's something about like uh, anti-boredom ideas or something, yes. right? Yes. Okay. And that, those are all compiled of things that my kids have loved to play and they've come up with themselves and they helped me make that list. I'm like, what are the things that we like to do um, when we're having a day that's really full of play, you know? And so um, like one of their favorite things to do is to get their like right on toys um, and they call it like pit stop and they'll get all their little <laughs> tools. I mean, I have boys, so, yeah. they, you know, they'll get their little tools and I'll pretend like one of the vehicles is mine and I'm taking it to the mechanic and they, you know, they have to work on it. I mean, it's these things that I just think, that's the fun of being a kid. You know, these things that you'd never think of. Yeah. Well, I'm going to link your website. So anybody that's watching, like go get those downloads, like they're free. So might as well oh, yeah. get a list of things. Sure. That you can do. Um, now, of course, I want to encourage everyone to buy your book, uh, number oh. one, but, and I didn't prepare you for this. So I apologize. Okay. Do you have any other books that you've been reading or podcasts that you've been listening to that you would recommend to people? doesn't necessarily have to be about this topic, but I just like to hear those okay. things. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, the podcast is saving my life right now. Oh, love saving my life. So like, great. <laughs> I, every time they have something new, I'm just like, yeah. So are you a Patreon? person i i'm not yet i'm not yet I am, because, but I oh, can't listen. there's so many that okay. i can't even listen to them all <laughs> see that's kind of what i've wondered because i am a patreon for the big boo cast with melanie okay. shankle okay i had not listened to that one oh but i know who she is so funny so funny like i laugh yeah. until i cry like those two yeah so sophie hudson and melanie shankle mm -hmm. yeah so the podcast and the big boo cast are the two that Right now, I just need light. I need light. I need funny. I need, you know, not mm -hmm. doom and gloom. And those are my two that I go to um, yeah. without fail. Um, I'm trying to think of, um, oh, I just read a book. I just read a fiction book. I'm trying to think of what the name of it was. I can't think of it now. I'm I know. Sorry. This is why I prepare people because I'm the exact same way. I don't yeah, remember. Like, what was the book I, was, I just read? I was going to mention a book. Um, it was, and of course, I can't remember the name of it. It was written by a Swedish woman Ooh. who brought her, who actually lives in Indiana now, which is where I live, but that's just a coincidence. But anyway, it's all about um, not being afraid of the outdoors with your kids because in Sweden, like people just live outdoors. It doesn't matter how cold it is, their kids are outside. She talks about moving to Indiana and like in the winter, like they would walk their kid like a mile to school and people would stop and be like, do you want to ride? You know, and she'd be like, why would I want to ride? Like, that's it's amazing. And how in, in Europe, a lot of times they'll, you know, they leave babies in open air bassinets, like outside of restaurants. And that's very normal. And just like how 
in America, we just really shy away from just being in the outdoors if the weather is the, oh, there's no such thing as bad weather. That's what it was called. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And so it really affected me. And so I always think to myself, like, yeah, it's gray outside. It's like not super warm, but like my kid is not going to care about that. Like kids love to be outside. And so I think we sort of do a disservice to them by keeping them cooped up. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Unless no, it's the, like zero degrees. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, even when it's raining, like you know, I'm like, okay, well, we really, you know, I don't know if we want to take a bike ride today because oh, it's raining or or whatever. Yeah, and the kids are just like, remember that time it started raining when we were on a bike ride? You know, they it doesn't matter. Oh my know? gosh, yeah, that reminds me. We got stuck in a rainstorm one time. My son and my daughter, when she was really little, and it was pouring down rain, and we had oh, ice no. cream cones. And <laughs> I'm telling you what, though, he. It, that was when he was like barely three, maybe not even three. And he remembers that. He'll bring that up. Remember when we got caught in the rain? Remember when that guy stopped and gave us an umbrella? Because some man like stopped and gave us umbrellas. Oh, and wow. it's like, yeah, like those kind of extreme situations are the ones they remember and the memories are made. So I think like if it's raining, we should maybe think about like trying something new. Maybe we do go outside. Maybe that's why we have rain boots, you know? That's so true. That's absolutely true. I'm as guilty of it as anybody. I'm like, yeah, it's, oh, it's a little, and I'm in California. So it's like, <laughs> I have no excuse, you know? It's like, oh, it's only 65. Maybe we should stay. Yeah. In. Oh, gosh. So are you in Southern California? No, I'm in Central California. Okay. But like, yeah, no, it's been like 65, 70 this past week. And, if it's overcast, my kids are like, oh, it's kind of cold today because the week before it was like in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we're spoiled. So you are spoiled. It was snowing yesterday here. It was oh like, I'm like, come on, man. Where is spring? Oh. Like, God, please. We need spring right now more yes. than ever. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, um, Jen, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. It was really awesome to meet you in person, in person, oh, yes. um, and introduce you to my audience. And I, um, I really encourage people to pick up your book and get some of those uh, free downloads that you have on your website. Absolutely. Just one thing: those downloads can be found on my Instagram bio. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so I don't yet have them linked to my oh, website sorry. because no, no, it's okay. I just wanted to let everybody know. And then of course I can even put the links in the um, comment section too. Yeah. That and makes I'll, I'll, yeah. And I'll link to your Instagram. Once we wrap it up, I'll go back and edit oh, okay. It. So, okay. Sounds good. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And um, hopefully I'll be doing this more on Facebook live. We'll okay. see you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. This episode was brought to you in part by Wheaton College's M.A. in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu hdl.